Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Rise Radio. I'm your host, Eileen McDonald, the editorial director at Rise. Joining me today is Brianna Krebs, the director of customer success at Apixio, to discuss the impact of the two times sweeps next year and what Medicare Advantage organizations must do to prepare for it. Apixio uses artificial intelligence and advanced technology to improve healthcare operations and outcomes. And Brianna is an integral part of Apixio as she oversees the relationships and supports the services delivered to Apixio's clients. And prior to joining the company in 2015, she served as the Vice President of Development at Quark Healthcare Solutions, where she created, trained, and mentored technical teams in India, Ukraine, Mexico, and the United States to provide development services and support for clients and internal software solutions. And thank you, Brie, for joining me today. I'm delighted to have you as a guest. Thank you, Eileen. And I'm wondering if you could sort of outline for our listeners the problem that sort of, or the deadlines that are coming up that they should be thinking about now that we're in January 1st. Absolutely. So just to set the stage a little bit, Medicare Advantage has traditionally had three risk score runs for each date of service year. Um, And those risk score runs are also known as sweeps, and they're used to determine the updated risk score submitted based on all the submitted diagnosis data. Um, So typically, January is the most pressing of all of these sweeps because it's the very last time that you can submit data for the payment year. Uh, So starting in 2021, CMS actually tried to help us out by adding a temporary fourth risk score run or sweep. Um, And this was uh, scheduled to occur each August, and there were going to be three of them, 2021, 2022, and August of 2023 is the last one. And the goal here was, as CMS said, really to allow healthcare organizations to be able to submit complete data. And really, we look back at it and realize that coincides exactly with the pandemic. So um, super helpful to have that extension during that time frame. And hopefully uh, we are leaving the pandemic times. We're all getting back to work, getting back to our normal schedules. And that means that we also need to figure out how to get back to our normal risk score run schedule. Um, so with that risk score run schedule, this time in, in, in January of 2023, we're not going to get another deadline extension. We got last one in in August and then that's it. That is the last of the deadline extensions. And so now we're gonna end up with a lot of compression for timeframes to how to get all of these things done that we've traditionally had more time to do. So right now, what would you be recommending our listeners to be doing if they've sort of been lulled into this extension uh, dates that we've been given for the last couple of years? Absolutely. So it's it's time to get proactive. Um, <laughs> so uh, what we want to be doing now in this January 2023 timeframe is to really start figuring out how to complete active chart retrieval and coding for the MA 2022 payment year. Those are the 2021 dates of service. And then really also most of the clients who we have that are in the Medicare Advantage market space are also working on marketplace projects, those ACA projects. And so they also need to be thinking about preparing their chase list for the marketplace calendar year 2022 charts. Um, As we move into the spring through April, that's when our marketplace deadline is. And so everything's kind of uh, a lot of times on hold while everybody like stops Medicare Advantage, quick, quick, finish marketplace. So we got to 
in that spring time frame, time, excuse me, time frame, complete the market chase um, and the coding that goes along with that. And then this is where the double duty really starts happening. Um, so you've got to also be thinking about, can I still use the rest of that August timeframe that I have for the 2022 payment year and the 2021 payment, um, sorry, dates of service and take advantage to get any last charts that I want to get in the door. Um, so this is kind of it. Do that homework to get those 2021 dates of service in. And then if you want to complete first and second pass chart reviews for the 2023 payment year, which is those 2022 dates of service, go ahead and start preparing the chase list and beginning your chase activities. Um, of course, if you only intend to do one review, you might be able to start that a little bit later in the year. And then as we head into our uh, strongly desired summer months where things are supposed to be nice and slow and relaxing, uh, <laughs> we're not going to have that luxury. We're going to be completing all of the all of the rest of the chart reviews that we wanted to get done for the 2022 payment year, complete most of the first class chart review for the 2023 payment year. And then if you want to go ahead and this is the time to start your second pass chart review for the 2023 payment year. Um, and as we head into the to the fall, into the winter, just like any normal year, complete everything for MA 2023 payment year, and then go ahead and, and start looking forward again and start working on those chase lists for your marketplace calendar year 2023 dates. So again, a lot of compression throughout this time period, a lot of things to get done. Uh, it, it was really going to take a proactive approach. Do you recommend like having certain midline deadlines throughout the year, like by the end of this month? Should we be having certain amount done? What is your strategy? Uh, I think that's a great idea. So um, I would encourage folks to really use that last August deadline as just the, the, the catch up period, trying not to defer your coding activities for the 2022 payment year until August and really switch over to where you would normally be for a 2023 payment year plan. It's dizzying, really. It is. It is. <laughs> How, I know. Lots of dates, lots of years getting thrown out for sure. And, you know, at this point, you would recommend that people don't think that CMS is going to give other deadlines, that this is really it in the end, so that they really have to focus on that August yeah. deadline. Yeah, I think I think you've got it spot on. So CMS traditionally doesn't give a lot of uh, kind of forecasting on if they're going to extend deadlines. And so we're all in this position where it's like, um, if you want to bet on that, you can, but you might lose that bet. And, and then is that worth it? <laughs> yeah. And I guess the ending of that is no. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, is there any other pitfalls or things that you've seen, either your clients or that you've come across that people make mistakes during this, even in the past, that you'd maybe some um, strategies to sort of overcome those obstacles that they may have run yeah. into? Absolutely. So um, I think one thing to not lose sight of is, of course, compliance. Um, you want to make sure that you're completing all of your normal audit activities and doing chart reviews for, for codes previously submitted to make sure that um, you don't get dinged in a RADBI audit much, much later. So don't forget compliance. Um, and don't forget kind of the even the two different uh, markets that you need to address, Medicare Advantage and Marketplace. Um, and I think 
you know, really looking proactively at the industry, one way that we can get out of this whole loop is doing less retrospective review in general and really starting to think about how can we do more concurrent coding activities so that you don't have to pull charts two years later to figure out what's in them. So when you, if you were to talk to an organization that wanted to start doing that more uh, complete audit check right away mm-hmm. instead of looking back. What's what are some of the tips that you might give them on how to start thinking about that? Um absolutely. So um if you are a payer, I would think about what medical groups uh, have large representations in your provider mix that you might be able to tap into their EHR data uh, on a more real-time basis. And so a lot of a lot of payers are working really well together with providers to get data directly from EHRs, which is fantastic. But now we're at the point where it's like, can you do that more quickly? Can you get it in a week after the appointment finishes or two weeks so that you can really be spreading that work out throughout the course of the whole year. Um, And then for provider groups, a lot of it is about technology, um, finding a vendor who might be able to help with pulling that chart data more quickly and figuring out how to set up workflows to allow your teams to review it. Thank you. And I'm wondering, is there any other strategies uh, for more targeted reviews, anything else that you'd recommend um, that, whether you're sort of at the beginning of this process or you've been doing this for years, but sort of been more retrospective, like what should we be doing next? Uh, I mean, I think it's just the basic practices that that people are pretty well-versed in. Look for those primary care charts where you're most likely to find the meat. Um, spend less time on, on specialist charts where you're unlikely to find documentation for an HCC. Um, And then for audit activities, if you do end up pressed for time, you might think about being proactive about auditing high-risk HCCs, those HCCs that are most commonly coded incorrectly. Okay, terrific. I don't know how you keep up with all those dates. I have to be honest. I would need to have like an Excel spreadsheet in front of me to make sure that I was meeting these daily deadlines. Um, But do you have any final thoughts, any things that we haven't talked about that you think is really important for people to consider um, for for this year? Um, Yeah, I think one other thing that I would note is that the whole industry will be feeling this squeeze. So one thing you're not by yourself. If you're feeling that squeeze, reach out to your colleagues, form some connections. The very least that can provide is emotional support. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then also reach out if you think you might need a vendor. The vendors are going to be also pretty squeezed for time as everybody is trying to get this work in the door and done. And so if you think you might need help from a vendor, I would reach out early and just get your foot in the door, start those conversations so that if you do decide that you maybe want to, you know, use a vendor for second pass, that the paperwork is out of the way and that you're ready to go. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I, I learned a lot today and I hope our listeners will take um, your advice to heart and start working now <laughs> so they're not crunched later in the year. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen.